So I'm in the hot tub today. It's like 6.30 p.m. Day's done. I'm soaking. I'm feeling good. I just kind of got used to the, the sting. When a 350-pound, 65-year-old eh, man comes waddling up with his, you know, little mini cooler and a Bluetooth speaker and a towel and his iPhone. And he says... Uh, do you mind if uh, two people sitting there at once? And I, I okay, no, yes, I do mind. I don't want anyone else in here with me ever. Uh, but I have to say, no. That's like an expected no, I don't mind. He's just, it's like a fake courtesy. So, of course, I say, no, I don't mind. Come on in, the more the merrier. Let's play footsies. Gross. Then he says, do you mind if I play some music? Now that's two expected, no, I don't mind, responses that he is, he's expecting that from me. It's fake courtesy, and I really uh, am, am shocked by it, because when you say, do you mind, what would happen if I said, I don't mind as long as you don't play country. And as I'm saying that, I notice a NASCAR hat and an America can, formerly known as Budweiser, coming out of his cooler. So we stared at each other for a little while. And I decided to keep going. I said, what, old man? Oh, by the way, I'm peeing right now. So you can get in here if you don't play any country shit. And you like my urine swell in between your tootsies. So we stared at each other for a moment more. Then he popped the can of his America and started pouring the beer into the hot tub. And as the jets from the hot tub are mixing the America beer and chlorine, it begins floating towards me. And without hesitation, I slurp that shit. It's time for the podcast. Song. The podcast. The podcast. Nerd the podcast. 35. Nerd 35. A new car! And a new car! John, did you see Johnny Depp made a surprise uh, guest appearance at Disneyland dressed as the Mad Hatter? You know, Johnny Depp's been uh, kind of all over the place, not just because of the Alice in Wonderland thing, but. His comment about Trump. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what did he do here? Uh, he surprised people? Yeah, he showed up at Disneyland dressed as the Mad Hatter. What? People went wild. And, that is uh, crazy. Could you imagine being there and somebody comes out dressed as the Mad Hatter and that's kind of cool. But then you're like, oh, it's Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah. You know, that He's guy's a good costume dude, man. is really good. His costume's really good. He shows up to uh, like hospitals dressed as Jack Sparrow too. I was just gonna say that he carries it with him when like he travels, and he'll just go to a random what? children's hospital and just show up. Like that's a that's a good guy, you know. Reminds me of when Christian yeah. Bale, after the Aurora, Colorado shootings, showed up and met with the victims. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I remember that too. Yeah, you like to see that. They should do that. You know, of you're making millions of dollars. Like, it's nice to see them give back. Yeah. That's why I'm a little bit gay. 
I love that tune. That is such a good song, and it needs to be on the radio. Or on like, you know what? It, you know what? You need to like sell it to Andy Samberg, and let him do something right. with it. On Saturday Night Live. He needs to put it on Pandora. Yeah. So we don't make but, any money off of it. But what did Depp? Say, what did Depp say about Trump? He said, "If Trump becomes president, he said the same thing I said a couple months back." And Bill, I heard, I heard Bill Maher say it too that if Trump becomes president, he will be the last president we have. Wow! Wow! Now that is heavy. This Duty. is getting heavy, Doc. Uh, it's heavy. So that means like. Will it mean that we won't vote for a president anymore or that the position will just mean nothing? It, oh, I think it will like, just be the end of America. There will be a civil war and we won't oh, even get to that point. Oh, my gosh. But look on the bright side of the token. Obama can't even get like legitimate things passed like gun control, right. which we, we kind of that, need. That, that's, what I'm worried. that's what I keep thinking about. I'm like, well, maybe Trump will just kind of like – keep going he'll just kind of ride the wave that obama kind of like set into motion eight years ago and now it's finally starting to i don't know move jobs are being created right i don't know oh yeah things are things are maybe trouble just ride that wave and then whoever takes over after trump will inherit like the real end of it all you and i yeah clark hassinger 2024 (laughs) 2024 well I think that was an interesting statement from Johnny Depp, who's not. I mean, he he does speak out. He doesn't. I, I don't remember. He's don't more on the quiet side, though. Like when he speaks out, he kind of says something that holds validity and weight and girth. Yeah. <laughs> verbal girth. But so he's not one of those guys that's always like outspoken and you know, like Trump. When he says something, you kind of. You listen a little bit more because he's a little bit more on the quiet side, like Harrison Ford, very private. True. True. I mean, he moved to Frances. Breaking news here, actually. Uh, a, a, a message from Fran Lang. Uh, Fran says, "Yo, fellas, before I disappear again, you guys trying to do a show either Sunday before HBO or Monday, perchance? Perchance. Do you think? <laughs> perchance." Do you think we could do a show Monday or Sunday with Lang? Bon chance? Yeah, I think we can square off a round door of unilateral audio. <laughs> Combination. Combination. Yeah, I think we could definitely square something off. Square something off. Square Let's something off. Let's do it, Franny. So, Sunday? Or Monday. What do you prefer, your grass? Let's put it on the incubator and let it cook <laughs> for a while. Let's uh, let's talk with them in a chat tomorrow. Confirm. Chat it. We'll confirm this I, week. I have something going on Sunday. I just can't think of what it is right now. <laughs> Don't you hate that? It happens every week. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Today's tomorrow's the thirteenth. There's two things I have Saturday. Friday the thirteenth. Yes. Yes. I know. You yeah, and I will be have... exchanging memes tomorrow. <laughs> I don't always ch- 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 but when I do, I... <sighs> I just watched some clips. I know I sent you something the other day. Those old Friday the 13th movies are so bad. And I was thinking about this before the show. 
Were you ever actually scared at any of them? I mean, we were like little kids where we should have been impressionable, but I don't think I was ever frightened. I was kind of like maybe someone would say, jump out of my seat. But I don't think I was ever like, oh, my gosh, like I can't sleep. that, That was scary. No, never that bad where I got like nightmares from it or anything. But I think you and I really only watched it for the boobs. That's all you know, it was. We only watched it for the nudity and the the Jason part. We just we kind of knew it was, you know, violent and supposed to be scary. But you know, we listened to gangster rap. It wasn't right. really gonna affect us in a negative right. way. We were already warped in impression with the violence of the world. <laughs> we were very mature um, in disguise. <laughs> we we were at uh, Choices one time too, which was a video store in New Britain Town Square. And uh, we were looking at Jason movies. I remember there was like an older kid. He was probably like 18 near us. And I was talking to him. I was like, I think they show him in this one. I think they're talking about boobs. And I remember oh, he started yeah. laughing. And I remember thinking, oh, he knows what we're doing. He yeah. knows the scam. Yeah. Because that was at the point, you know, that was such a good loophole with parents, you know. Uh, all right, Matt. Hard. You and John can watch this Jason. Little do you know, there's like nudity in it. Well, you know, it's a little violent, but not that bad. Uh, but there's nudity like every five minutes. But it's and they great. were all like Playboy, you know, they were all like hot. They were all hot, and it's so funny because it was like borderline pornography. Because yeah. they would just have sex like everywhere. They'd be like in the dirty woods, you know, everywhere. by like a rusted car. And they'd be in like, let's house. just take our clothes. It's like, nobody does that in real life. Nobody just like rips off the clothes in the forest and goes at it in the poison ivy. Like you don't do it. In a phone booth. Right. It was during, like, the, the 70s and 80s and, like, kind of throughout the – I mean, the 70s, is that when it started? Fresh yeah, like the slasher genre. It started just, with, like, uh, Michael Myers. When that clip that you showed me, it was the beginning of Jason 4? 5. 5. And it had, like wow. – but it was kind of right. the end of 4. Like, Feldman was yeah. reprising a cameo. Because he was in the fourth one. His finest role. But anyway, it's these two guys. It's actually his first movie. These two guys dig up Jason. They dig about a foot deep, and they get the casket, and they open the casket, and somehow Jason has a machete in the casket with him. He grabs it, slices the guy's head off, and then in his other hand, he had some weird, like... (laughs) tool like futuristic yeah. looking i don't know what it was it was just somebody on set was like you know his hand looks kind of open give him yeah. this what is it oh it's you know my wife's coffee mug just it's paint it black and put a skull on it and his tombstone was like the cardboard looking wood thing it looked like wood and painted in white paint jason Voorhees. like it was so bad yeah and then he just walks over to Corey feldman who just stares at him and starts crying just looks and doesn't move and jason just chops him it doesn't make any sense and then all of a sudden it's a kid waking up in a car with glasses who i think is supposed to it, be Corey feldman i never put that together until that clip but i guess it's him and i thought oh did jason chop his head in half and why does he look completely different it has the same analogy as him drowning as a child and waking up as an eight-foot man yeah. So how, how that bothered me because I need to – this is ruining my whole Jason universe. I need to clarify. So he didn't die because the first one, you know, his mother's on a murderous rampage because 
her son drowned because the councils were having sex and all that. So right. the second one was he he just didn't die and he grew up in the woods. I guess. But he loved like, his mom, so he wouldn't go back to her. Like it, I, it's just a loophole. I don't understand. Yeah, I know I'm I, juggling apples and oranges here with the the universe. I mean, he's a, right. a super demon, but in that world, in that universe, and that's fair. In that realm, they uh, <laughs> this Entertainment Weekly did something where they oh they they list the. Jason movies in order, like the Friday the 13th movies in order. And I think he has the fourth one as the best one. But before it, he just, he it's talks good. about how convoluted and, and mixed and hard to follow the plot is in all of it. He's like, I've seen Jason goes to hell or Jason X. He's like a no. dozen times. And I still just don't understand the plot. I don't get it. I can't get it. I, I, I never I've saw seen... Jason X. That was the only one I never saw. The space one. It was in space? Yeah, it was Jason in space. God. God. Jason Goes to Hell wasn't bad. It was like, because you and I were watching all these old movies, and then that came out like during the time we were like into it. It was like a new Jason movie, because oh, all the yeah. other ones were like five, at least five years old. Yeah. So we started watching it, and that was like kind of spooky. Because it was new. It was like, like they, oh, It was like mid-90s almost, so they kind of the, upped the game a little bit. It's Jason X. Evil gets an upgrade. Coming soon. This summer. In a world. In a nah, world. 2001. Okay. God, so stupid. He had like a metal mask. It wasn't like the hot. It was like the hockey mask, but it wasn't like white. It was like this... Silver one. It's weird. Cheese. 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 The, uh... Nudity in that one. The Friday the 13th series, I know, too, were supposed to be each separate movies. Like, they were going to be a, um... The first one was, like, Jason, the story of Jason and Crystal Lake and his mom. And the second one was going to be something completely different, like a different storyline altogether. Kind of like the Twilight Zones. They were just unrelated, but because the first one was so successful, they kept the storyline of Jason going. But initially, I was reading this. I've done a lot of research because I've got a great fucking life. The uh, <laughs> research was going to be, or the story was going to be, like, nonlinear. They were all going to be different uh, stories and, 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 such. And, and such. And it's almost like Slashers. part of the movie was linear and, and part of the movie wasn't linear every sequel. It's like, oh, I recognize some things. Yeah. But you're like, who the fuck is this person? Like, why are they all of a sudden the main character? What happened to the main character from the first one that survived? Where is They're, she? Oh, she's having sex. Paul knows now. That that explains a lot then, because the second one that you find out, it's revealed that Jason lives. We're putting a lot of emphasis on this Jason tonight. Tweet us at the podcast, at the underscore podcast. <laughs> Tell us to shut the fuck up. <laughs> but... uh so the second one, he lives. So I guess that's because the first one was isolated. He did die in that story. But because it was so successful, they wanted to keep it going. They're like, oh, we'll just make him live in the forest. And then it was like the fourth or fifth one. You know, he got like the mask in three. They were, they gave him superpowers so they could just keep it going. Like he wasn't a boy. I guess the second and third one, he was still a guy, like a live person. Right. But after like the fifth one, they gave him like superpowers so he could just keep coming back. And in Jason X, I guess 
they explain like it's like the mythology of the Voorhees clan and Jason isn't just one person he's like a demon worm that like looks for the right host a a demon bat Fran is uh... yeah so the uh, Friday the 13th I don't know if I'll ever watch them again I think I would watch them with you if we were like drinking and smoking oh my god dude that's what we need to do like you know how, like, people go, like, oh, let's go to Key West for the weekend. Yeah. No, let's right. just go somewhere and watch every single Friday the 13th. I'd be about, yeah, turn off because, the phones, fire up the uh, the beers. Because that clip you sent me today, uh, I wanted to watch more and to see what right? more ridiculous, you know, like, fake movie. Like, how did this happen? How was this a movie in a theater that people, like bought and like took seriously yeah why does this exist yeah because as a kid you watch it you're like oh it's boobs it's scary whatever but watching it now even the music was bad like the theme song it's like just synthesizers but it's it's bizarre what was your favorite friday the 13th phillies lead the Braves seven to four seven to four good um lion i mean (sighs) Georgia. I think the third one is my favorite one. Yeah. And that is that one really long? I don't like remember them. Yeah, it's They're tough. all scattered. A... Like I don't know which one is which. I just yeah. have certain scenes in my They're head. all the same. You know, like all I remember is Jason takes Manhattan when he kicks the tape. You know, the scene we talked about last time. That's the only one that I can and the it's showtime from Jason Five. It's showtime. There's a scene in Jason Five, a new beginning. Where a waitress is going out on a date, and she takes her shirt off, getting ready, and she's like, "It's showtime." She's talking to herself in the mirror, you know, and she shows the boobs. Um, just explaining to the third, the fourth wall right now, the situation. We're still in this Jason thing. Thanks for sticking with us. We broke and, your uh, parents' VCR rewinding that a thousand times. Right, of course. <laughs> the, the button was st- sticking to our fingers. It was gross. It fell out. But uh, this waitress, who was like pretty hot, like eighties hot. Goes out, and the dude she was with, remember he was this bald, like, white trash guy. And you're like, why? They couldn't pick a better looking actor. Even then, that age, I was like, they couldn't get a better looking actor. It's like, is that her dad? He, they called him the closer at, like, a Chevy dealership up the street. Oh, it was like that yeah. kind of guy. Coffee's for closes. The closer. Well, speaking of movies. Yeah. We, uh, what do you know about Dazed and Confused? It's a great flick. Have you seen it multiple times? I've seen it probably four four times. Okay. Yeah. I, I like it. It's not the best movie ever, but when I first saw it, I was I think I was like twenty one, twenty. And yeah. I don't know, just the it was in the summer, the part of my life I was in. Like I I was the girlfriend I was with was kinda like a hippie chick. Okay. So like uh, she was more okay. on the like she played guitar and was like, let's do st- Let's just light some candles. I'm like, let's have some sex. And, uh, so it's kind of it. The movie, so I liked like, it. I liked it. It was uh, Richard, director's name. Linklater. Yeah. yeah. It was good. Well, he, uh, he put out a spiritual sequel, yeah. is, what he, is what he called it, to Dazed and Confused, called Everybody Wants Some. And instead of it being, you know, high school in the 70s, it's high school in the 80s. Or no, it's college in the 80s. Oh. 
And here is the cinematic addict, Brett Katzen's review. Cinematic addict. When I first heard Richard Linklater was making somewhat of a follow-up, or as he puts it, a spiritual sequel to Dazed and Confused, I didn't really know how to feel about it. I mean, how do you take a movie that has reached cult status since its release 23 years ago and expand upon what it was? The quintessential look at high school culture during the 70s, not to mention Linklater himself, has drastically evolved in his abilities behind the camera and the pen, respectively. I have always been a huge fan of his because he is one of the only dialogue-driven writer-directors working in the industry today. I don't know about that. Quentin Tarantino is pretty dialogue-driven. Take movies like the Before Trilogy with Ethan Hawke and Julie Depp Delpy. He made three films across 18 years that was essentially two people walking and having a conversation. But as an audience member, you felt the relationship. It's like you were part of it. We only got glimmers of their lives at three different stages split nine years apart from each other. But it's like we were there every step of the way. That's the power of Linklater's ability to write dialogue. He also has ambition. See Boyhood, a filmed one movie across 12 years in a way that allowed the actors to grow with the characters without losing continuity or the audience for that matter. I'm going to stop there. That movie, Boyhood, I can't believe they did that. Like, I, I didn't wrap my head around what actually happened. Amazing. Like, a it's kid, one of those things you, like, young. always think about doing or talk about. They should do this. Yes. Yes. Like, take a picture of myself every day for 10 years. Right. I'll never do it. But they yeah. did it. They did it's, it. It's really sexual. We and I look the same, you know. Haven't aged. We could actually do that over, like, 10 days and be like, we yeah. did this since we were 21. Clark, there's a uh, Obama poster in the back in 2004. Yep, nope, nope. That, that's not Obama. That's uh, Drama. It was this black chick I used to date. It's The Rock. This black... <laughs> what? But this isn't about Linklater, and as much as I would like to go philosophical on y'all, I'm going to leave Waking Life and a Scanner Darkly out of this because I could write a college thesis on that shit. Everybody wants some. What will be looked at as the quintessential look at college life in the early 80s achieved something that I didn't think was possible. Reviews have been good, but I just couldn't see how Linklater could capture the same kind of magic that he did with Dazed and Confused. It was made in a much different time, and the people who have any connection to the times portrayed are much older now than the target audience. Now, I was born in the early 80s, but I lived close enough to the late 70s that some of the subculture from that decade was still around. It wasn't a distant memory like this movie is. Everybody Wants Some takes place in, takes place in the few days leading up to the first day of class in college, 1980. Short shorts. What kind of hairstyles in that? Friday the 13th Part 2 playing in every theater. Yes. What else? Hairstyle in the eighties that time was like the dry look, you know. Yeah, like just like the, no, like long, no grease. Fluffy. Yeah, just kind of like flowing. Yeah, like like uh, Johnny in uh, Karate Kid. Right. I like I Brett Katzen's review of that. I'm curious to see it, and I was thinking about him the other day, salaciously, and I I want to have him back <laughs> on, man. He, he was a good guest. I actually tweeted and. Posted the yep. uh, show he was on. The award goes to one 
um, around that time at least. And uh, he's great, man. I, I like to to him about movies like all day, uh, like because he's seen them all. Right. So you can just ask him like to random. It's you can it's, really, it's cool. You can get and you a K hole. One of your friends too. I want to give a shout out to. I've never met the guy, but there's a guy. He's a big super fan of ours. His name's Andrew. Fan. And um, Andrew Benfer. Yeah, he likes a lot of our shows. I see he tweets a lot. He just followed me on Instagram. Um, I went to make a withdrawal from the bank account today, and they said he was just there. And he took it out for me, and so I followed police. But no, he seems like one of those good dudes that's always into the show, and you know, yeah, like that. Yeah. Who's like yeah. that? He's great. We, uh, him, and I did like a test podcast the other night as part of our screening process. Yeah, um, it's rigorous. So just see the blood sample, and we'll be good. Well, yeah, penis size. Uh, the characters are all recruited baseball players, and we get to watch them live up to their predecessors in beautiful fashion. I was hesitant to call this a successful, a successful outing until about ten minutes in, where I realized Linklater fell right back into his rhythm from 1993. What I did want out of a spiritual sequel to Dazed and Confused? Hmm. Walking out of the theater, I understood that what I wanted was exactly what I got, and then some. I can't wait to see it again, and I think 20 years from now it will be regarded right up there with Dazed and Confused. I can only wish that one day we get a cinematic collaboration involving the dialogue-driven skill of Richard Linklater and the storytelling ability of Cameron Crowe. The only two directors out there who could tell an entire story with music. It's true. Thank you. I think there might be a few more that can tell with music as well, but... He's uh those two yeah. those two would be a pairing. I'm glad that his review is favorable too, because I saw the uh, Brett's Brett, Brett's reviews hold a lot of weight in the cinematic community, and the the poster True. looks nostalgic enough, and you I kind of wanted that movie. I'm rooting for it to be a good flick. Me too. You know, it's like uh, when Wet Hot American Summer did the Netflix thing. I like wanted it to do good. Right. You know, I was like, come on, this looks like it could be really funny. Or the opposite of what Grown Ups did when you see all these great comedians and you're like, oh, they're at camp. It has all the elements of every great movie in there. And you're like, oh, wait no. a minute. No, no, no. PG-13. Right. No, what? no, no, no. Adam Sandler, PG-13. is like, doesn't work. <laughs> Let's do it. watered down. Hysteria. It is sexual. Hysteria. Wonder Woman is moving to the CW. <laughs> and uh, Supergirl is going to be picked up as Wonder a television show. That's what I mean. <clears throat> no, Supergirl is a television show and it's moving to the CW. <laughs> Is that what you meant? We're all over the place. The the Flash oh, is going to be drawn in. Flash is a great show, man. Yeah, I just watched an episode of that, man. It was very touching. It's fun. It was yeah, emotional. Uh, yes. It's emotionally charged. It tugs on the heartstrings. It rivets the sensory feeling perceptors. <laughs> yeah, it was good. The ivory of the soul, <laughs> like Beethoven. It awakes the sensational <laughs> feeling of love. 
But it's also cool enough to invoke a little sadness as well for a perfect potpourri mixture of a stew of emotions. You know, I was thinking how you and I go on these like uh, verbal labyrinth tangents. Rewording. What if we did that in, in real life? I mean, this, this is real life, but like a situation where people didn't really know us, like a meeting. Mm-hmm. And they're like, so, Matt, what do you think of the marketing campaign? It's like, well, I do believe that it rivets the sides of advertising intellect and consumer wants in a bear market. And they're like, why did your voice get hoarse? And then I blamed it on some illness, so they had to accept it. I'm like, oh, well, I suffer from, you know, acidic reflexagitis, so my voice goes higher without my control. So you have to deal with it. It's a lawsuit. And I'll go, oh, okay. So then it gave you a pass to just do that whenever. Or you could just give them, like, the vague answer, you know, like, the scales indications feel an uptick. Yeah. And they'll be like, okay, can you elaborate? And then you'll be like, oh, John? And then I'll be like, the pie graph's glory will bleed through and the cup runneth over. <laughs> <laughs> just keep going you, back. You guys aren't actually saying anything, but... <laughs> Alliteration and metaphors. Well, I believe your response warrants more considerable evaluation. Seven years of feast and seven years of famine. <laughs> it's the nature of the beast. Buckle up. Let's all have some salmon. And now we're using rhymes. Because salmon and famine rhyme. And that's why the Podcastle listeners are our friends. Because they put up with this. Well, that's why they tune in. What else are they going to listen to? Right. Um, so we got the Depp surprise. We got the Allison. Uh, you know, see, and there's another thing that's causing me, that's sucking me in to go see that movie. And I think someday if all is right with Mercury being in retrograde. If the stars align in the perfect Capricornus Copernicus. My, <laughs> my old roommate, Moose, at college used to, like, blame having a bad day because Mercury was in retrograde. Have you ever heard of that? Do you know anything about... Yes. I've heard people say that. I have no idea what it means. Yeah, I think it's just like the alignment of certain planets and stars can cause odd things to happen. I don't. You know, know. that is true to a a degree, my belief. It's not the stars are aligned a certain way, things are going to get fucked. It's that the way the moon is... The gravitational pull actually moves water towards it, so the the water the human body is made up of like eighty percent water. So yes. the more that's being pulled, it co- it stirs different yes. like negative feelings in people. Like that's a f- factual. It is. You know? I, so I, that's kind of why. One time on uh, an old John and Agnes show, I brought up. I go, "Hey, it's a full moon. Do you think a full moon? You know, people blame weird things on a full moon." And they were like, "No, no, no, no." I said, "Okay, well." We can't live without the sun, correct? And they said yes. And I said, well, when a full moon is full, it's reflecting the most of the sun onto us. So it has to be affecting us in some way. And I just owned Agnew, who's who's very smart, and Katie, the Mensa member. (laughs) They got po-dizzled in that one. They got scienced on their ass. They got some... Bill Nye, the science guy, loaded with a loaded nine on the ways. He's not even a real scientist. What? He's not. He's a TV personality. Yeah, that's why. That's why the full moon, the gravitational pull, 
you know, that's, the water people like nuts. I didn't, I didn't even think about that, the human. So, like, our brain and everything in our body is like, oh, yeah. Like, and it kind of pulls you. And if you have any doubts about the full moon, go try working in a nursing home. My mom's been working in a nursing home for 20 years, and she'll say anytime there's a full moon, the crazies are just up all night. It just no way. Like, oh. The dementia and everything. It just it it puts it in full swing. Oh, 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 oh. oh. <laughs> well, I uh, I don't have Dang. anything else, man. Do you want to make this like a short Willie short show? Willie. Well, I'm gonna start recording first, and then we can begin the process. <laughs> oh my god! I jump out the window. Now we can wrap it up. Sorry, I hopped on a little late tonight. No, it's cool. I just, uh, I felt like I had more to talk about. But are we going to do a show tomorrow? Yes. Okay, cool. I hope so. I'm glad we got to do one tonight. I was itching a lot last night. I listened to a lot of podcast episodes late at night. Like, I put on my headphones and I, like, go through, like, the dishes and laundry and ironing. And it's all rock star times in L.A., man. It's just rock star times. Just tearing it up. So I I always listen to like two episodes a night. I usually listen to a nerd and a regular. And every time I'm listening, I'm like, I want more. You know? Yeah, Yeah, that's my problem. I want more. I want a new one. So let's just jump on and make one real quick. (laughs) Now I want more for ourselves. I'm just going to start hopping on myself late at night and be like, hey, welcome to the Jack Off Hour. This is DJ Easy Clark. Clark, you're you're spoofing. Snoop Dogg, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm worried about with these cold openings that we're doing because that hot tub incident, I could probably turn that into like 10 minutes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I could expand on that and add and get into that fake, you know, courtesy. Right. Bit. I love the cold opening too at the beginning of the show. It's great. You got to do your, record yours now. Yes. All right. It's going to be a hot opening. I'm just going to be singing some salsa. <laughs> Sparkly open. All right. Yeah, we could put this one in the W call. I think this was a good short and sweet. Short and sweet for your tootsies. Short and sweet for your taste buds. <laughs> Before we go, I want to mention you're wearing an Angels cap. Oh, yes. The have you ever been Los, to Angels Stadium, man? Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Uh, no, I have not. But the I longest know that name. They, they take care of their fans, apparently, better than any team in the uh, majors. Like the giveaways are amazing. I can say I've 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 only been to about three games at Angel Stadium, and every time it left me with that was a great experience from from, oh, no from parking the car. The parking is very friendly. It seems like everything's close to the stadium. There's nice nope. trees. The guys that work there, like the uh, you know the parking lot attendants, they're all right. old retired guys that look uh-huh. like they've been going to the game since like the fifties. And you're walking in, they're like, great game, great night for a ball game. How you doing, partner? And, you know, oh, I'm doing good. Well, we hope they're doing good, too, you know. We got, and they start talking about, like, stats. And they're like, you have a great night. And they're all friendly and smiling. It's not like Philly where they're like, park over there, motherfucker. (laughs) There's great guys in Philly, too. I'm a Phillies fan. I'm not knocking that. But the whole thing is great. Went in there. Uh, This is just one experience. The seats were two rows from first base. What? And I paid like 50 bucks for the one. Like, You're next to a family. Everyone's cheering and having fun. I ordered a beer, showed him my ID, and he's like, oh, Los Angeles. 
Good thing we're not playing the Dodgers tonight. You might give me like a, you know, you might give me a barb or something like that. As he's like, <laughs> you know, this is a guy filling up like an overpriced beer, like laughing with you. The whole experience there, three times I've been, was great. It was wow. great. I, I just went again last, last time I went, it was last season. It might have been September. And I had upper deck kind of seats. They were a little, they were good, but they were still a little bit higher. And even the people there were like in a great mood. I don't know what it is, but that stadium, that whole experience was is like food, amazing. It's the opposite of Dodger Stadium. It's like is the greatest. The food cheap? Is is the beer, you know, not as expensive? Like what is it about it other than like, you know, the attendance being nice? Once you get in there, is it just like a beautiful stadium? Is it Stadium's pretty. Salacious. The stadium's the pretty. Salaciously current with the views. And uh, they take care of it. You can tell, like, they take care of the stadium. Uh, upkeep. It's just a Angel cool area. Stadium. I don't know. The palm trees. Same with Dodger Stadium. Something about palm trees, like the view from home plate. It's just, yeah. like, pretty. You know, I'm sure Florida has it, too. It's just, no. it's pretty. <laughs> we The stadium down here would be amazing if they would ever open the roof. But I think it costs, like, $7 million to open the roof, and it takes a half hour they never open it. Oh, really? So it's like, okay. Seven million? It's, well, not really. But it's not like Brewer Stadium or Miller Field where they have the, they can move that in like 10 minutes. No, I think it takes, I don't know really how long it takes, but they never open it. And that's like the only reason I can come <laughs> up with that it costs a lot or that it takes forever. I don't like retractable stadiums. Stick to one thing. Do indoor or outdoor. Nothing. I don't want this thing falling on me if something goes wrong. You know, if an earthquake happens, I don't want this crack crushing down. Like, stick to one. Come on. If it's a rain out, it's a rain out. Who the hell cares? Yeah. Chalk it up. Chalk it up to experience. Experience in the field. So, sorry. I had to ramble Dodger a little Stadium. bit about the Angels Dodger band. Stadium? No, dude, I want to go now. How far away is it from you? Uh, on, a, on a good night, you can get there in about 50, 40 minutes. Okay, so like an hour. First time I went there, I met Matt Klosinski there. It was two and a half hours traffic. Uh, uh, and I had to piss the whole time. Uh, always have fun. to piss in a long car ride. But it always. was good. But yeah, man. But but Dodger Stadium is is really close. And uh, if I could just see... Oh, I'd love to go I'm going to go to Petco Field next week. If I can... Is it field That's or park? Peco Park, I believe. Peco Park. I just need to see San Francisco, and I'll be good. I'll hit all the uh, all the California baseball stadiums. I'll be good You've to go. You've been to Oakland? Oh, Oakland, too. I need to go Forgot to Oakland. forgot about Oakland. Everyone forgets oh, about Oakland. Oh, speaking the- of Oakland, <laughs> did you hear about the Raiders might move to Vegas? Yes. They're, they're really close to that deal. Yeah, I don't know what they're doing. The whole the whole thing was get them out of L.A. and put them back in Oakland. Oakland Raiders. they got to stay put, man. I think Vegas should get their own team. You know, like the Vegas hookers or something, but (laughs) Oakland should stay in Oakland, man. They've moved like, they've moved four times. I know. It's so weird. They used to be a dynasty and they've just done shit. Although although they weren't a Super Bowl not that long ago, but they lost. Right. They played the Buccaneers, right? Yes. John Gruden swung in and took Tony Dungy's team. 2003. To the time. January 23rd. I remember the day kindly. I was flying they, back from Atlanta and I missed the entire game. And, and the Bucks beat the Eagles to get into that Super Bowl. Tough. Yeah, couldn't. Son of a bitch. 
much. Real no, quick I've before we go, the uh, when people when the games in that example when the Bucks beat the Eagles and then they went, um, say the Bucks lost. I'm trying to think of another example. I'm drawing blanks here, but you know your favorite team loses and then the, that team goes to the Super Bowl, the championship, whatever it is, and they lose. And people go, well, look at the bright side. At least they'll either say, at least that team lost, or, well, at least you were beaten by the champions if they won. Yeah, and I always right. think that doesn't give me any, like, solace. Never. I don't feel better. I just I, I just want to move on. Well, yeah, our team must be really good because we lost to the team that won it all. Yeah. Uh, like, well, no, you don't no. want that team to keep winning because they just beat you. Right. I want them to, to crash and burn on the next week. <laughs> I want injury. I want the body bag game part two. I don't want them their fans to cheer anymore. It's, I want Dick over. Butkus to take a bite out of his Butkus. No more cheering. It makes my dick bleed. <laughs> so, all right. We can put tonight in the W. Have fun at Petco, brother. Thanks, man. We'll be talking. There's They're playing the Dodgers. Yeah, and there's two night games when I'm down there, so I'm going to try to make both of them if I can. Nice. Because I'm down there for work, so I'm thinking oh. if I can go down there and see a couple games, that'll make the trip like worth it. Like it, very worth it. You know. So size, size large, size large tank top. Actually, I'm going to look one up right now and see if you can find it when you're there. Please do. Please do. Tweet us. Tweet us. <laughs> Tweet us at the underscore of the podcastle. Don't forget to check out all of the shows on Podbean and download all of these shows for free on iTunes. You can follow me on Twitter at KingmanProds, Nerd35 on Snapchat at Nerd.35, John on Twitter at JDH272PSU, and Michael Biscardi at M. Biscardi Jr. All of us on Twitter. Kabadachi. Kabadachi. Dream, 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 dream. Alright, what's I'm gonna I'm this gonna hum like a song a... in in Gilly and you tell me what it is. You ready for this? Yes. Another hint before I reveal it? I have no idea. He's dead. Mama, life had just begun. Alright, so how much is the. uh doesn't matter, man. Uh, I'd be happy to get it for you. Because I think uh, it's cool to have an authentic thing from that, like, park. Yes. Uh, There's a cup stain on it. Heather's, <laughs> Heather's sister went to Wrigley, and she got me a Wrigley tank. Oh. So I want to try to keep getting tanks to match all my hats. <laughs> I got you a tank. Clark, this is an M1 Abrams Marine tank. It's $5 billion. <laughs> Dude, Wrigley's a place I want to go. That's on my list. 
Yeah, that's the next one. I have to go there. That it's Fenway. A, I've never been to Fenway. Nor I. Never I been to Boston. To Me neither. Really? Everybody says, coolest town, man. That's what I hear. I, I think I would love it. Irish, you know, history, like yes. plenty of bars. I would love. I'm sure I would love it. I've never been. I've never had a reason to go. I had one reason to go once, and I bought tickets to a concert, and it was canceled. So I didn't. I didn't oh. go. What concert? It was Oasis. Ah, I was a big Oasis fan. Still am. But when they went on tour in 2002, I bought like tickets to five shows. I went to Philly, New York, Boston, Whoa. and I was going to do Philly on Thursday, New York on Friday, and Boston on Saturday. I was just going to road trip it, and they got into an accident. Ooh. Like a car accident, and they canceled. One of the guys got hurt. So I was like, ah. Oh. Shit. But dude, Boston's a place. I'd love to go there. I know. Boston. It would be cool to just go up there, see a game, but also like, you know, hobnob. Hobnob the, about? See the historical John Adams places along with the Sam Adams Brewery. Summer Ales in session. Oh, yeah. Is that up there? It's up there. What? Oh my God! We have to. Go. You know where else I'd love to go is Ocala, Florida. Why? I don't know. I'm just. Ocala's like home of Ray Finkel territory. Pembroke Pines. It's, it's like in the middle of nothing. Kissimmee. We actually. Uh, this, is, this is more breaking news. We just put a an offer in on a house Ooh, here. Congratulations. In Bo- West, thanks, man, in Boca Raton, Florida. Oh, beautiful, um, man. Yeah, and the place is – it's a fixer-upper, but nothing like major. It doesn't need a new roof or air conditioner. But uh, it's got a pool, and it has oh. like four bedrooms, I think, which I really need because Dude. of like the, the office and a guest room and, you know. Congratulations. Offspring. And fixer-uppers well, are the best because you're actually increasing the value and you're going to make more if you ever try to sell that. Like I did the opposite. I wanted to go buy a fixer upper, but I bought a Dixer upper. It was a poor house, uh, it was a hooker house. It, I lost money, so I need to ask you if I can have twenty five hundred dollars in a ham sandwich FedEx tonight. <laughs> no, but dude, congratulations! That's huge. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, we're, hope you get uh, it, man. But we'll, uh, yeah. I mean, we'll see because you know, uh, my dad is such a stickler for things. So I, I went Smart into dude. this. I went into this with his mentality. I was like, I'm going to try to find all the mistakes. And uh, I'm walking around the house, and the air conditioner looked like it was like leaking, and the leak looked like it was becoming you know, a problem to a point where the house could start sinking into the ground or the oh air gosh. conditioner explode. You know what I mean? Like it didn't, look safe. Yeah, it didn't look safe, so – Maybe they could replace it and do a. Uh, I'm like sure it's, the inspection probably would cover that. Yeah, like we're uh, we're making an offer. It's Make not. Offer it's, it's, a, it's a little bit lower than asking, but uh, it's come down like a little bit in the past week. So, but anyway, it, it, oh. it's boring. You got uh, Hey Ashley, man. She's Jewish. She can she can they, whittle I, down. She's, she's running the numbers, but if they. <laughs> If they if they accept our offer, then the inspector comes in and points out all the th- shit that needs to be like fixed, and Heather and I aren't, you know, we're making them fix it. We're not. Yeah. Uh, good for you. Paying for that shit. You know, I know a few people that have done that. They've bought fixer upper houses, yeah. and pretty much all of them it worked out great. Not but really. there were a few that thought, well, we'll just take care of this ourselves without actually realizing 
how much money goes into a lot of the fixer upper so the yes. point is if you're trying to make them fix a lot of it that's like the best thing to do yeah because they'll be like oh we'll just replace the heart. i have a buddy right now who just bought a house up in woodland hills beautiful house pool everything but it needs some work and he's yeah. there like every night you know laying yeah. down floors he's like this is too much like i don't even take a paycheck I don't know how I'm gonna because he ha- owns his own business, so he, everything kind of goes back in. Oh, 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 so I don't. He's he's gonna be okay, but it's kind of like he didn't foresee the amount of work that was required to get it up to code to California standards, which is kind of expensive <laughs> compared to the rest of the astronaut. <laughs> and the lucky thing is uh, that we'll be you know coming into a, a bit of a financial uptick after the wedding. <laughs> Oh yeah, all that, all those bills. That'll come I'm dropping at least four grand in that motherfucker myself. Knuckle. <laughs> it's gonna get wild. Yeah, man. Congratulations. I'm happy for you. I gotta get down there. I gotta get down there and see you. I guess the wedding will be the next time, but yeah. Um, I'd like to move there back to Florida someday. It's a great spot. Back to Florida. Well, Joe Clark lived there for a number of years, so yeah, I right. I was there for summers and things yeah it was a seasonal residence for me <laughs> you were a snowbird you were like a, a young snowbird i was i had the debonair charm of a young john hassinger unfortunately i had the drinking habits of the late dean Martin. <laughs> all right we can put this one in the ot column as a w slices oh i did real quick I said heavily. Last thing, I promise. I just found out what an SU pitcher stands for. A what? You know, like pitchers, there's like the late relief or long relief, mid relief, closer, you know, closers oh, like CL. Yeah. yeah. SU, setup pitcher. Oh. Never knew it. 34 years oh. old. Just found out yesterday. I always thought it was switch up pitcher. Like they would switch up, switch out a guy. Oh, Did you know yeah. any of this? No. I, I didn't either. Like- I always thought it was like save unit or <laughs> right. I thought save it was switch up. Unite uniter. It's switch it's set up, and they put them in usually setup, before man. a closer. To they're Madsen. good. And I also found out that um, Madsen to Lidge. L R is like long term relief pitcher. Right. I always thought it was oh. late relief. Like they would put them in late. Oh. But but that's if you want to pull your starter out like second inning. If he's like oh, shit in the really? bed, and this guy can go the distance for like five innings until you get ready for the setup of the closer. Ah, I got a great fucking life here in Los Angeles. Yes, I'm doing all are. kinds of wild things, everybody. Tomorrow I'll be talking about ornithological studies of Orioles, where they came from, and what their diet is. I'm interested. All right, tweet us at the podcastle at the underscore podcastle. We'll return tomorrow with Michael Biscardi for a full show. I'm Matthew hey. Clark, Duchess Matthew Clark, with Duke John Hassinger saying. Good night, everybody.